This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Lions. Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, as always, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. And this is the Detroit Lions cut down to initial 53-man roster edition of the podcast. So very quickly, we're going to give you a podcast today. This is going to go up basically as soon as I'm done editing it. And then we will come back again on either Monday or Tuesday, depending kind of on what the Lions do here on Sunday in terms of roster movement. And then we'll figure out whether we're going to come back on Monday or Tuesday, since Monday is Labor Day and is a holiday for many people. So I might try to actually slip some of that day off myself. But we'll definitely be back at least on Tuesday with a new episode, if not on Monday. So be on the lookout for that. But let's just dive right in. And here are some initial thoughts on my on the 53-man roster, and we'll go position by position in the second part of the show after the break, but obviously to me, I think the biggest surprise at something I broke earlier in the afternoon, way before it was official, is that the Lions moved on from Jason Huntley, the team's fifth-round pick at running back. I thought Huntley did some nice things in camp, particularly in the pass-catching game. He looked okay as a runner, but he struggled as a returner, which is where I think that he was initially drafted to be. Combine that with Jamal Agnew standing out at receiver and showing his usual return skills, and Ty Johnson having a pretty darn good camp. That I can see why they maybe moved on from Jason Huntley. The hope I would think for the Lions is that he can slip back onto the practice squad after if he does in fact clear waivers. So that's going to be something to watch on Sunday, but. That, to me, was the biggest surprise of the cuts. You just don't see fifth-round picks getting cut all that often, although the Lions have had a penchant of cutting picks in the past, although they haven't always been fifth-rounders. In past drafts, Brad Kai has gotten cut. Initially, he was a sixth-rounder. Pat O'Connor, who was a seventh-rounder, has gotten cut. Other guys have not lasted all that long. Antoine Williams, who was a fifth-rounder in Bob Quinn's first class, lasted a season before he got cut. So Bob Quinn has shown 
that if he made a mistake, he's very willing to rectify that very quickly. I don't know if he made a mistake drafting Huntley, although keeping him, not keeping him on the roster would certainly indicate that it was at least some sort of mistake, but I think it was more of a numbers game and the reality of Jamal Agnew and Ty Johnson playing much better than expected uh, that led to Huntley's release. So that, to me, was maybe the biggest surprise on the roster. A couple of other surprising moves. The Lions did cut David Blau, so they're down to two quarterbacks, but I would imagine they will have at least one quarterback on the 16-man practice squad. And one would think if Blau clears waivers that he would be that guy. It would be interesting to see if he doesn't clear waivers, what they might do there. I know they brought Trevor Simeon in for a workout during training camp. Josh Rosen, the former first-round pick, was cut by Miami, so maybe they would entertain that. Garrett Gilbert, the former AAF star, was cut from Cleveland, so maybe they would entertain that. I think there'll be some options for a practice squad type of quarterback if you're the Lions that you can look and maybe make a decision on at some point. A couple of other surprises to me. Uh, the Lions kept Hunter Bryant, but we'll get more into that in the position by position. And really the other one that stands out is Matt Nelson making the team as a reserve offensive lineman over Ode Abouche, Kenny Wiggins, and Bo Benchwall. And basically they wiped out all but one of their guaranteed backup interior linemen. However, when you... Look back at camp. Tyrell Crosby did do some cross-training work at guard. Matt Nelson can play tackle, and he's still growing. And Matt Nelson, you know, he's honestly not a guy I watched all that much, but he did start slipping into the second team as far as reps went. So the Lions clearly liked something they saw there from the converted defensive lineman. And I would imagine that at least one of, if not two of, the Abouche Wiggins Benchwall trio ends up back with the Lions on the practice squad here in a day or so, or maybe on the roster, period. So those were kind of some very first thought impressions. We'll get into some other stuff, including Dom Muehlbach being back, Jack Fox winning the punting job, and much more right after this break. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL with NFLSundayTicket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. And you've counted on restaurants. I know I have, especially during the COVID pandemic and even before, going out to eat was one of my favorite things to do. But now restaurants, they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed in a lot of areas, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact list delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. 
Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food, it's on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for your $5 off your first order with DoorDash. And if you're in the Ann Arbor area, come on down to Main Street. Check out Regents Field. It's on South Main Street. They're open from Tuesday to Sunday. They've got TVs outside. They've got live games on. You can watch the U.S. Open. You can watch college football. Heck, you can probably even watch the NFL there next week. They've got free darts, free skee ball, and free video games, including NBA Jam, all inside. They've got some great drink specials as well. So go check them out on South Main Street in Ann Arbor. Now, back to our show. So, as we said at the top, we gave you some of our kind of first impressions of the surprises that popped up on the Lions roster. Now, I kind of want to go through position by position, look at what the Lions did at each spot, try to make some sense of it in the initial 53. And remember, this is an initial 53. This could very well change by Sunday afternoon, by Monday, by Tuesday. Figure by Wednesday, everything will really be settled. Although with COVID restrictions, it could be sooner than that, at least for week one. We'll start at quarterback where the Lions kept Matthew Stafford and Chase Daniel, as you knew they would. They did cut David Blau. That was a little bit surprising to me because of a few reasons. One, Blau had a good camp. I I think he showed... He can be a capable backup quarterback in the NFL. He has a pretty good deep ball, and he looked fairly sharp at times. I thought he was able to really throw the deep pass better than maybe some of the other intermediate and short passes, but the arm talent is definitely there for him. Plus, he has started a handful of games in the NFL, and if you are a team with not the best backup quarterback situation or you're comfortable keeping a third quarterback or say maybe you're the Bears or the Packers, although the Packers did keep three quarterbacks, so I don't think they would go down this road, or even the Cardinals, maybe you sign David Blau because you can get a whole bunch of information about the Lions and start working on that quicker than normal. And I think you might see a lot of 53-man pickups kind of like that more so in some ways than prior years, in part because of no preseason. So to me, if I'm the Bears, maybe I kick around picking up David Blau. Obviously, their quarterback situation is what it is anyway, with Mr. Trubisky being the starter, according to Adam Schefter, and Nick Foles being the backup. Wouldn't be the worst situation for Blau, although I don't know how much playing time he would get, but he's not expected to get much playing time in Detroit. If he does clear waivers, expect that David Blau would be back on the practice squad. The Lions really do like him, and they like what they've seen from him, and one would think they would like to continue to develop him throughout the course of this season if they can. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there, but... That was the only question. Obviously, Matthew Stafford, Chase Daniel were going to be quarterbacks one and two. Moving on to running back where, again, this is where, as we talked at the top, this was the biggest surprise of the day with Jason Huntley getting cut. But 
what it says more than anything, I think, is DeAndre Swift and Bo Scarborough, two backs who were injured for a large portion of training camp, are likely to be healthy and ready to go. And then if that ends up being the case, that makes more sense, again, why maybe they would get rid of Huntley because the Lions were never going to make more than three backs, maybe four active on game day. And Huntley likely would have only been active either with an injury to Swift or if he had won the returner job, but he didn't beat out Jamal Agnew for that. Ty Johnson had a really strong camp. I thought he ran really well. Bo Scarborough is a different type of running back than Huntley, so you can't even put those guys in the same box, really, because Huntley will give you more of a pass-catching presence. Bo Scarborough is more of a ram-it-down-the-middle type of guy. The Lions don't really have a guy like that on the roster. If they did, it would have been by keeping Jonathan Williams or Wes Hills. They did not keep either one of those players. They cut them. So the running back room is Kerryon Johnson, DeAndre Swift, Bo Scarborough, Ty Johnson, and Jason Cabinda. Jason Cabinda really, in that conversion from linebacker to fullback, really made an impression early on. He's a key, valuable special teams player for them. And you figure he's going to have an absolute role on game days on multiple levels for the Lions in 2020 this group really this that top four I would say I feel pretty confident three of them will be on the roster for a while and uh, I'm just curious what they would do maybe with Scarborough or Ty Johnson if injuries or maybe one's not playing well because running backs there are a lot of them out there and I think you can find one if you need it but I think they probably feel pretty good about their group right now figure if Huntley gets through waivers if Jonathan Williams gets through waivers I believe he has to go through waivers then maybe one of those two ends up on practice squad West Hills similarly they do like him as a bigger back in case maybe Bo Scarborough gets hurt so with the expanded practice squad figure at least one of those three will likely end up back but it wouldn't shock me if at running back they went with a guy maybe that isn't on wasn't on their roster at all on their practice squad as well Moving to wide receiver now, this group, there's not really much to say. The six receivers they kept, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Marvin Hall, Quintez Cephas, Jamal Agnew, are the six receivers we've been talking about for a while now. This always seemed like it was going to be the sixth. If they maybe kept seven, it would have probably been Tom Kennedy would be my guess, although I know they liked Victor Bolden a little bit as well. Uh, and Chris Lacey is more of an outside option, so all three of them gave gave something, but this six was really the six, especially once Agnew showed what he could do as a receiver, and he won the return job, as one would expect. Cephas was a rookie that they drafted in the fifth round and played well during camp. Marvin Hall had one of the better camps of any offensive Lions player not named Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, or Frank Ragnow. So that group is what it is. It would not shock me if Tom Kennedy gets through waivers if Tom Kennedy ends up on the practice squad. Same thing maybe even with Victor Bolden. Not really sure as much on Chris Lacey. It could happen, but the Lions have gone back and forth on Chris Lacey so many times, and maybe they go in a different direction at that point. But again, practice squads are what they are and are sometimes tough to figure out like that. But between Kennedy and Bolden, with God, with everybody except, honestly, for Cephas, in that top six in a contract year, although most people expect Kenny Galladay to get an extension here at some point, if I'm a receiver, I wouldn't mind maybe 
sitting on the practice squad for a year, knowing you could be putting yourself in a very good situation for 2021. Geronimo Allison's also going to be back next year as well as he opted out. And that he could have maybe caused this receiver room to be in flux, but he did not make, you know, he opted out. And then Agnew and Cephas played how they played as it Hall. And that is how that room got set. At tight end, they kept three, but there should probably be some movement here. TJ Hawkins and Jesse James. Hunter Bryant, the undrafted free agent from Washington, who's been hurt for basically the last two weeks, are the three that are on the roster. They cut Matt Sokol and Isaac Nada. As listeners to this podcast know, I was very high on Matt Sokol, a little less so on Isaac Nada. But one would think that you could see one of those two players if not another tight end, end up getting bumped up because Hunter Bryant could get moved to short-term injured reserve because he's been hurt for a while. And one would think they would probably want three tight ends up on game day, especially because Jason Cabinda really isn't a tight end. Like that's just not in his skill set, at least right as of right now, so far as we know. So that could be a move that we see in the next day or so when it comes to Hunter Bryant. That would not shock me. And the question then would be, would they bump up an offensive lineman, maybe from the practice squad, or re-sign a veteran if they don't put that veteran on the practice squad right away? Or would they move up maybe a tight end? Could end up seeing both things happen uh, as roster shifting, I think, will continue to happen over the next few days. But Hunter Bryant... Listen, he was playing really well, and frankly, this might have been my group of three if Bryant had remained healthy, and and it might have been not even close. So this could end up being your group of three down the road if they believe Bryant can get back, and clearly they have enough hopes that he can get back in somewhat short order that they didn't put him on injured reserve to end his season. So clearly they're hoping to maybe get something out of Hunter Bryant here in 2020, whether that means putting him on injured reserve, or maybe he's closer than any of us really think, and he's able to go somewhat soon, but that's something that we'll end up watching here. Moving to the offensive line, where they only kept eight, and that is basically the prediction I have, but also somewhat surprising. They kept Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnow, Hal Vitae, Joe Dahl, Jonah Jackson. Those are their starters. Tyrell Crosby is the swing tackle. Logan Stenberg, the top interior option. And remember, he worked out a little bit backup center. But you've also got Joe Dahl and Jonah Jackson, who can theoretically play center if Frank Ragnow were to get hurt. And then Matt Nelson, who's probably the team's backup, backup tackle. But Crosby also worked at some guards, so he could end up being really at four different spots on the line your top backup, and that'll be something to watch. That versatility is incredibly key. I'm surprised they cut all of Abushi, Kenny Wiggins, and Bo Benchwell. Dan Skipper got waved injured. Not really a surprise there. He was pretty far down on the depth chart, but of Abushi, Wiggins, and Benchwell, I thought one of those three at least, if not two, would make the team. I was pretty high on Kenny Wiggins again because I felt he offered versatility that he could play. All five positions are... You probably wouldn't want him playing left tackle, but you can play four positions potentially on that line and can play from center to tackle in any sort of pinch. Plus, if you remember, they were even working him out a little bit at defensive tackle when they had issues there last year. So, surprised. But not shocked because when you're talking about backups, you just never really know 
what's going on. And Odea Boucher, I think, maybe had a better camp than Kenny Wiggins. So it would not shock me if one or both of those guys ends up back, whether it's practice squad or, as we were talking about, with injured reserve before for maybe a player or two, if those guys end up coming back. Bo Benchwall, however, did work as the backup center for like the last week of training camp that we watched after he got back from injury. So it's entirely possible that maybe he's the guy that would maybe get the bump because he's also younger than Abushe or Wiggins. And if they feel comfortable with what they have, Maybe you take a chance there, especially if you can keep Abuche or Wiggins on the practice squad. But my guess would be you'll see some of that group back in Detroit in very short order, at the very least, if not more. Uh, one last thought on the offensive line. There's positional flexibility everywhere. And, and I think that that is so key for what the Lions are trying to do. And I think it's really maybe turning into a hallmark of how they're trying to build their offensive line. If you think about it, really, everyone other than Taylor Decker that they have kept on their offensive line and really Matt Nelson, everyone other than those two guys can play more than one position on the line. Frank Ragnow can play center and guard. We both know that. Vitae is primarily a tackle, but it's possible he could play a guard in a pinch, although... I don't think you'd move him there. Joe Dahl can play guard or center, and he played tackle in college. Jonah Jackson can play guard or center. Taylor Crosby can play tackle and started to work at guard. Stenberg can play guard or center. Matt Nelson, for now, is playing tackle, but he's also a converted defensive tackle from a defensive lineman from college. So theoretically, he could play offensive line, defensive line if you really got in a pinch. But that positional flexibility for all of those guys, although. Abouche, Wiggins, and Benchwell also offer that. It could have been a key, but the fact that all of those guys can cross-train at multiple positions, and you see that a lot in the NFL, but that's something that stands out to me when I'm looking at what they did on their offensive line. Moving over to the defensive line, this is a group that the only surprise in here is that Kevin Strong missed the cut, but maybe he's another guy that I think if he clears waivers, would end up on the practice squad and could get called up very, very quickly. Otherwise, the defensive line is who you figured it might be. Trey Flowers, Danny Shelton, Nick Williams, Julian O'Quara, Deshaun Hand, Romeo O'Quara, and John Penasini. Austin Bryant goes on the pup list, which we all expected would happen as he was on that throughout training camp and didn't look like he was getting all that close other than jogging a little bit here and there. So of this group, maybe if they get through practice squad or get through waivers, I could see maybe Strong and them keeping Strong and Frank Heron. Maybe they would keep Will Clark, who they signed during training camp, as a backup defensive end because this is also a spot where maybe they work the waiver wire. They do have the third waiver claim out there. So if there are players at Cincinnati or Washington don't like, the Lions would then be up there to grab whoever they want. So this could be a position. I haven't looked at all of the cuts yet as they're still rolling in here on Saturday night, but could be a spot where maybe they see a guy that they want to add. And this is where maybe some roster shuffling could come in because I think that the group that they have is actually talented, but hand is coming off of an injury. Julian O'Quara is coming off an injury. He's looked really good, but he's young And I think we've talked multiple times about how I feel about the interior of their defensive line. I'm not sold on it. I think it's the weakest part of their team. And that is a major, major concern and a place where I think the Lions should look at least to try and upgrade. 
But again, maybe you have guys like Kevin Strong and Frank Heron that are on the practice squad if they clear waivers that could end up getting bumped up here at some point this season. Would not shock me. Going to linebackers, they went heavy at linebacker. Uh, and largely to keep Elijah Lee, who is a special team standout. It's why they signed him from San Francisco in the offseason was primarily because of his special teams ability. If you remember back when they signed him, they also let go of Steve Longa around the same time. And Steve Longa was a guy who was a consistent special teams performer for them. And it really seemed to me that by signing Lee, they were saying, okay, he's redundant with what Steve Longa does for the Lions. So we're going to take the upgrade of Lee over Longa. And Longa is a guy that, frankly, I think could have made this team had he been on it. So I look at that and I say, okay, what does this linebacker group look like? You've got Jamie Collins, Jared Davis, Christian Jones, Jelani Tavai, Reggie Ragland, Jalen Reeves, Maven, and Elijah Lee. Reeves, Maven, and Elijah Lee are special teams, and you, you hope if you get if you need to play them at linebacker, you play them, and maybe you hope you get something out of them. But you really don't want to be put in that position. Although Lee, I thought made a couple of standout plays here and there, and Reeves, Maven did at certain points during camp, particularly in coverage. They're relying a lot on Collins, Davis, Tavai, and Jones, and Ragland maybe being the top backup there for multiple positions. Those are the five linebackers that you figure will be in some sort of rotation. And you kind of go from there. Pittman very well could end up back on the practice squad. That would not shock me. He spent most of the season there last year. They do like him, and he's a guy that maybe, if you do keep him on the practice squad, perhaps next year he really gets a shot at the roster again. This is a situation where you're maybe going with experience because Lee and Reeves Maven specifically have a lot of game experience for special teams. You know that, and that's where I think that it's helped the two of them without the benefit of preseason games. You know what you're getting out of both of them, and that's, I think, a very important thing. Collins can play anywhere among the linebacker spots. Jones has played multiple spots on the line. Davis could theoretically move between multiple spots. Jelani Tavai's basically in the middle, and Ragland's showing he can play multiple spots as well. So it'd be interesting to see how they deploy this linebacker core, but it's pretty much who you expected with the exception of Elijah Lee, who, again, is a special teams standout. Looking in the secondary, where they went heavy here too, and again, some of this is due to special teams more than anything else, right? Like we talked about with Elijah Lee, like we talked about even with Jamal Agnew. At the secondary, they kept 12 players, really 13 if you consider J. Ron Curse, who is suspended for the first three games. At corner, they kept Desmond Trufant, Jeff Okuda, Justin Coleman, Amani Awarie, Daryl Roberts, Tony McRae, Mike Ford. That's a lot of corners, but... But, but, McCray is probably your backup slot option and one of your better special teams players and really one of the guys that you got the feeling Braden Combs wanted in early because they worked together in Cincinnati. So clearly there was probably some influence there as McCray is a special teams guy first and foremost, although he made a ton of nice plays during camp. Mike Ford, a guy that in the pinch, you know what you can get from him as an outside corner. You can plug him in there. And also, he could end up being their gunner if they need him to be. And he very well could be their first-team gunner. The one guy that was a corner that was cut is Divergent, a guy who 
also is one of their gunners, but Ford, I think, gives them more value on defense. And that is where I think they could have won there. Daryl Roberts also gives you a little bit on special teams too, but they paid him, as we've talked about before, about $1 million in guaranteed money this year. So they clearly viewed him to be on the roster. The biggest question will be now, who ends up starting week one between Amani Awarie and Jeff Okuda? We'll see that a little bit maybe as the week pans out, but it would not shock me if Amani Awarie gets the call against the Bears. But they've gone heavy at corner. Now, again, maybe this is an area where if they do see waiver guys that they like at other positions, maybe this is a spot where they do cut somebody. Mike Ford would be, to me, the guy maybe you're most concerned about. And you kind of go from there a little bit. But for now, they're deep at corner. And it makes sense because I think it's also one of their deepest positions on the team. At safety, Tracy Walker, Deron Harmon, Will Harris, CJ Moore, and Miles Killebrew make up that five. They cut Jalen Elliott and Bobby Price. Experience over maybe potential undrafted free agent talent in Elliott and Price makes a ton of sense. Killebrew is a veteran, one of their better special teams players. CJ Moore is maybe their best special teams player other than Reeves Mabin at this point. And the Lions clearly love him there. As we've talked about on prior podcasts, Braden Combs went in on CJ Moore as far as how much he brings to the table. You also saw him make a bunch of plays defensively in that scrimmage on Saturday. I guess it was a week ago Saturday now that really, I think, cemented him maybe a little bit on this roster. They had him covering some receivers too, so he's a possible like corner safety flex guy. And it would not shock me if not only is he on the roster, but active on game days. Killebrew, we all know what he can do. Again, offers some positional flexibility. I think that's a key theme with this roster. He can play linebacker or safety. And he's kind of that special teams presence that you really want. Again, not a ton of surprises here. I'm a little, little, little taken aback that they kept all of Roberts, McRae, and Ford. But it makes sense, particularly if you want to play all those guys on special teams you want more of an uh, experienced special teams unit but again this is also I think a position group that's susceptible to maybe losing a guy if there are waiver claims lastly at specialist Matt Prater on the team we all knew that Dom Muehlbach ends up as the team's long snapper he beat out Stephen Wordle in what I think was a much closer battle than anyone probably realizes. Although if you listen to this podcast, if you read some other reporters, you know that Stephen Wordle had a really good camp. Dom Muehlbach maybe a little bit less so. It would not shock me if Stephen Wordle gets through waiver claims if he ends up on the team's practice squad as the potential heir apparent. And frankly, giving Dom Muehlbach less room for error if it's not going well early in the season, you can go to Wordle and make that move if need be. But Dom Muehlbach, for now, ends up on the Detroit Lions, and his 244 games continue on for at least, potentially, another season. He's the second longest tenured player with the Lions in team history, behind only Jason Hansen, who he snapped for way back in the day. And then lastly, at punter, Jack Fox holds off Aaron Sippos, I think it was a really close competition. I'll be interested in talking to Braden Coombs about what made the difference. It might be the strength of Fox's leg. Fox, I think, had a stronger leg. Sipos is, I think, a little bit more accurate directionally. And the other thing that could have done it is, frankly, Fox 
can handle kickoffs. Sipos did not do that at Auburn. He was working on it. There's no reason to think he couldn't have done it. But Fox's experience there maybe helped win that battle because you don't want Matt Prater at age 36 having to handle kickoffs if you don't need him to. You'd rather have a younger leg. Remember, Sam Martin handled kickoffs for his entire time with the Lions, more or less. So it would not shock me if that maybe was a tiebreaker between the two because both of them had strong camps. And again, it would not shock me if Sipos ends up on the team's practice squad as well because there are 16 guys that you can keep. Again, there are going to be potential issues with COVID. So maybe you want to have some sort of redundancy on your practice squad that maybe you wouldn't necessarily have to begin with, both at quarterback and maybe in the specialist room specifically. So that is the Lions' initial roster. I expect some of it will change. It would not shock me if you see three or four guys that we talked about today, not on the roster, on the 53 at least, by the middle of the week, and maybe they end up back on the practice squad. It's going to be something to watch. It happens every year, and we'll be here to take you through all of it. Can't believe it. By the time you're listening to this, if you're listening to it Sunday, we're a week away from a game. And I didn't necessarily think that they would get here, but the NFL has done a really good job. The Lions have done a really good job handling COVID so far. There are going to be challenges to come. We all know that, especially once teams start to travel and as it gets colder outside. But so far, so good by the NFL. And there's some protocols starting to come out about travel. We'll get to those at some point in a podcast this week because it's going to be a little bit different this year. So, so much to get to. We're excited about it here. And thanks, as always, for hanging out with us. And, yeah, a week from game day. And I honestly, I know I, I maybe sound a little surprised, but I can't believe it. I didn't necessarily know if this would happen, if they would get this far. But here we are. I want to thank my sponsors for this podcast. DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online, along with Regents Field and Blue Wire for hosting this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein, on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And we will chat with you either Monday or Tuesday with the next edition of the podcast. Take care and have a great Labor Day weekend. The wait is finally over. Football, it's back. We just went through all the roster cuts right on this show. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.